May I welcome you to episode 18 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight into others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest started in the industry three years ago at the tender age of 26 by purchasing the family company. We discuss what led to the purchase, how the company was started back in 1983, how she has found life in what is considerably a male-dominated industry, Brexit, what challenges has she faced, her high points, the change she would make within the industry, where she sees her company and the industry in the next five years, and what she does outside of the industry. And as always, we end with a funny moving story involving assisting a client in finding their checkbook. My guest this episode is Melissa Campbell, Managing Director of McGimpsey Brothers Removals. Enjoy. Good morning, Melissa. How are you today? Hi, Colin. I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to Moving Matters. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Can you tell everyone a little about yourself and the length of time in the industry? Yes, absolutely. So I've worked when I was 16 um, in sales and after leaving school, I went to university and studied accountancy in Belfast. Once I had graduated from university, I secured a job with KPMG where I worked in the audit department for three and a half years. And during that time, I studied for my chartered accountancy exams as well. Once I was I was qualified, I decided that audit wasn't quite for me. And I moved into the XRL department um, and I worked there for two years. I've met a, you know, a great bunch of people within KPMG and I actually learned quite a lot from my boss at the time, Paul Braden. He was always in the mindsets and motivation and that sort of thing. And at the time, I have to admit, I didn't quite understand, you know, what that was all about. But uh, now I completely understand where he was coming from. Um, and it's something that I sort of look to better myself in and, and hopefully teach this to our team here in the Gimpsies now. And then in 2018, my career took a U-turn and I stumbled across the removals industry with McGimpsey. So relatively new to the removals aspect. How did you get started in the industry then? You said in 2018 you stumbled. You can't just stumble across <laughs> McGimpsey's. Come on. Yeah, so it, it actually started, uh, my fiancé Stephen and I were out for dinner for his birthday back in 2018. I'm Campbell McGimsey's daughter, so we obviously knew that the company was up for sale and I knew the boys were planning for succession and hoping to retire in a few years' time. So they, they actually had a good number of, of offers that were made, but you know, securing the team and protecting the brand and everything was quite important to them because they built it up, you know, over 37 years. So Stephen and I kind of discussed the opportunity and I sent Dad a text while we were still in the restaurant. I actually went back to find the text message column to, to see what it said way back then. <laughs> so the, the message went along the lines of, Stephen and I are going to make you an offer and buy McGimsey's. And I explained briefly what the offer was. And his reply to me was, <laughs> haha, stick to accounts as it's easier and you'll make a lot more money. He said, even if we are lucky enough to get the right deal, I don't really know if i too young to retire or want to retire. Plus, you would need a very understanding bank manager. So... <laughs> <laughs> turns, turns out I have a very understanding bank manager and 
and the, the conversations kind of moved on from there. So we started the, the due diligence process. And in September that year, I left KPMG. But that stage, the, the deal hadn't actually been signed. So I went into the office and wasn't able to tell anybody, you know, what was actually happening because we had signed non-disclosure agreements and, and all sorts. So it was a bit like undercover boss at the beginning. So I was able to go in and see the company from an employee's point of view and, you know, work with the office team and the crew. So that was quite a challenge. And then in December that year, the deal was finally signed and we were able to announce the news to the team. So yeah, it was uh, a long process, but I think it was about six, six or seven months it took uh, to get everything over the line because we wanted obviously to do everything above board. But yeah, everybody's been quite supportive of the transition and here we are today. So can you tell everyone about the company you now own and the <laughs> services it offers? Yeah, no problem. Um, so we're a second generation family business now. Um, the company was formed back in 1983. It was Peter and Campbell actually started the company and they actually started selling fish and vegetables from a, a Volkswagen van that they had. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a funny way to get into the industry. But there was one evening a customer um, that, that was a regular customer of theirs had asked, would they move a chest of drawers? So they said, yes, of course, no problem. And they soon worked out that you could make more money moving furniture than, than you did selling fish and vegetables. So that's where the removals story kind of began. And then Stephen and Paul joined the company a few years later. So now our headquarters are in Bangor in Northern Ireland. And we, we offer three sort of main departments. So we've, we've got our local domestic moving, our international and European imports and exports. And we have our weekly UK to Ireland service. And then we've got our, our on-site self-storage facility. In terms of accreditation and things, we have BAR, IM, and we are Feedy Fame accredited. I think this is 18th year for Feedy Fame. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm sure you can make more money in removals and storage, but there will be less hassle in selling <laughs> fish and vegetables I and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the fish and vegetables at the minute with the way Brexit's going. I think no matter what industry you're in, it's it's all a bit of a challenge. Oh well, we'll definitely cover the Brexit thing in a minute, don't you, worry. <laughs> so, what was your decision factor in moving from KPMG to managing director to the biggest removal company in Northern Ireland? I've always had an interest in business, to be honest, Colin. And I remember actually back whenever I was picking my GCSE subjects and I remember looking into business studies and my dad always encouraged me to do it and I really enjoyed that sort of aspect and then whenever I was in KPMG I got to work with you know a, a wide range of companies in, in lots of different industries and I always enjoyed learning how their sort of processes and things work so I mean I, I was comfortable in KPMG at the time and I had a good job and career you know potential but I think whenever the opportunity came up, I just thought it would be too good to miss it. And I thought I would regret not taking it. So I sort of obviously knew the scale of what it was taking on. But I had the support of Stephen and the Magency Brothers as well. And they've got 37 years experience under their belt. So it was a, a bit of a comfort factor, I suppose, on that aspect, knowing that I wasn't going to be totally on my own. But yeah, it's it's been a challenge, to say the least. But I've enjoyed it. And I think I always kind of... I always kind of wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know 
what industry that was going to be in, but turns out that's removals. And the boys are still within the company, yeah? Yeah, well, Peter retired uh, in 2019 in December. So right. Ma- Michael Dunbar has now taken over his role in head of department for the UK. But Paul, Stephen and Campbell are still still here. They're sort of working three to four day weeks at the minute. I don't think they're quite ready to retire. <laughs> they'll never get out. They'll never get out. They don't know what they'll do if this if the go from, you know, working full time to retirement, especially at the minute. So they're here for exactly. a while. Exactly. <laughs> So did you have any involvement in the company whilst you were growing up? I mean, did you come in and do like weekend office admin work or anything like that? Or did Campbell keep you away from the company altogether? No, I didn't. I never really came in during the summer or anything like that or at weekends. I do remember I must have been I must have been about 10 at the time and I was sitting at home and, and Campbell had came home with a whole pile of mail shots that they were sending out. And I remember sitting in the dining room probably for about three days during the summer, you know, organizing the pages and putting them all in the envelopes and putting stickers on the front of the envelope so that would be the only um the only involvement I really had in it but obviously with the four brothers family life it was all very much uh you know an open book in terms of the conversations and things that went on in the house so in a in a not so uh what's the word direct way I would have been involved but not not on site so how have you found life in what is considerably a male-dominated industry? Colin, I think I've had it easy on this. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've well, actually... you got you. It's because of it's because of your father and his brothers <laughs> that you've got around you. <laughs> I know. I to be honest, Colin, I haven't actually faced any real issues with you know in terms of of the industry being male-dominated. Our team certainly have been very respectful towards me, and I think the wider industry is the same. I was at the last BIR conference, which was nearly two years ago now, as I said to believe. But, you know, I, I didn't really appreciate how, how close a family the industry is. And it was really nice to see everybody, you know, at the conference who are competitors on a daily basis, but they're all sitting having a laugh at the bar. And, you know, there's just such a family aspect to it. So I think if BIR certainly is a massive, you know, support network for, for everybody in the industry. I actually thought whenever I joined the company, the biggest issue for me was going to be my age because I was 26 at the time. So I thought the perception of me coming in, not having a removals background was going to be the challenge for me. But actually, turns out there's quite a lot of transferable skills and, you know, you, you do pick things up pretty quickly. So it turned out not to be an issue at all. So I'd say I've had it easy on that one. But your youthful age will also help with things like current technology and being so up to date because you are a millennial. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, and they look at things completely different. Totally different. And it's even, you know, whenever I came in, I sort of did a, a review of processes and stuff that we were currently working with. And, you know, technology evolves so quickly. And it's something that I definitely want to try and, and you know, progress in the future. But it does make it a bit easier, I think, because you know, if you're from a certain generation, it's very difficult to try and adapt and understand technology. Not for the likes of yourself, Colin, you're obviously a whiz at it, more so than me. But oh, Thank um, you, I try, I try. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say a whiz, <laughs> but I try. No, it definitely helps. So, how has Brexit affected McGimsey <laughs> removals? Oh, Colin, I've slept and, and breathed Brexit for the last few months. I um, bet. Yeah, January was a bit of a challenge. I mean, we've, we obviously have had different training courses over the year and tried to prepare as much as we could. 
and then on the 24th of December the the deal was signed so I'm glad COVID was around this Christmas because I didn't get out of the office much <laughs> trying to work everything <laughs> around so I didn't feel as if I was missing out on anything but no we've we've had a massive change certainly in our UK department because we would have sort of five to six vehicles on average moving from Great Britain to uh, Northern Ireland on a weekly basis so we now have to do import declarations for every single one of those movements, which is a challenge in terms of, of having the staff and the availability to do that, but also trying to understand how that's going to work for our industry, because I think most of the guidance seems to be towards freight. And I actually had a call with Ian Stud last week on the Northern Ireland piece as well. And it's it's just crazy. There's just not, not enough information, you know, specific to our industry in, in terms of, you know, how that and everything's going to be applied because the systems aren't available just yet. But we'll just take each day as it comes and hopefully in a few months' time, this will just be part of our, our normal processes. The European side for us has had a massive change too. We we would have normally gone through the, the GB land bridge for all of our European and subcontracted that into um, BAR companies in the, in the GB mainland. But that's a massive issue for us now because it's basically an import and an export into Great Britain and an import and an export back out again. So we're having to, to look to new ways of, of working for that and going directly from Ireland to Europe. So we still have challenges to face, but uh, we'll just take them one at a time and, and do what we can. So what challenges have you had to overcome? Not that you've been in the industry very long, but what challenges have you had to overcome, if any? Oh, there's definitely challenges on a daily basis, as I'm sure you know, Colin. There's the biggest ones probably are COVID and Brexit, as we've just discussed. I don't remember saying that in the IM whenever I was signing over the, the sale of the company. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, I think back in March last year, whenever COVID, um, you know, the announcements of, of lockdowns and everything were made was, was so unknown for everybody. We yeah. took BIR's advice to close for I think it was about eight or nine weeks in total. And we honestly didn't know at that point whether we were going to survive it. You know, it, there was just so much unknown, as I'm sure everybody across every industry has felt this year. But thankfully, we have been really lucky and we've actually had a good year, you know, despite the rocky start. And the stamp duty, I think, has certainly, certainly helped that. But I, I really feel for industries like hospitality, you know, I sort of think you've got a, a three-month, cash flow window if you know if you're closed and, and for them to be closed for so long it's nearly a year now I, I just don't know how they how they do it but hopefully things will change towards the end of this year and we can all get back and, and get to conferences and meet up again but I'd say COVID and Brexit are definitely the, the two biggest challenges we've faced this year. Oh I can't wait to get back to conferences and, and, and BAR area meetings where we're not across Zooms like you and I are at the moment. I know, I know. You re- you do miss them and you know you miss having that personal chat, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. You totally miss the networking and have, you know, even if it's just standing at the bar grabbing a, a lager shandy or something. Yeah. Yeah, just just a little chat with somebody, yeah, you know, a supplier or a fellow competitor or yeah, it's just Definitely. It's just great. And even whenever the conference was cancelled last year. I thought that was pretty naive, to be fair. I thought this night would be definitely fine. And then whenever I heard the conference was cancelled again, it's just sort of, it's so disappointing because you just look forward to, to those. And I don't know whether you joined any of the virtual conferences, did you this year, Colin? 
I like my conferences and I generally go to IT conferences and yeah. thankfully for me they're always in Vegas so I have a great time <laughs> in Vegas but I can't do the virtual ones I just struggle with the virtual ones and I think it's probably because whilst you want to sit there and listen to your speaker I then start working I and know. as soon as I start working I switch off to the speaker whereas if you're actually at a conference you're sitting there in your in your chair whether it be at the front the back wherever but you are then focused on that speaker. I, I can't do it on a virtual conference. It's struggle. difficult. And I, we joined the IAM conference, I think it was in October, November last year. And it was good. You know, they did, a, they, what they put on was fantastic given the circumstances, but it's just, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. And if you could change anything from your moving past, and I highlight past <laughs> because it's not very long, what would it be? I actually don't think I would change anything, Colin. I've made a lot of mistakes, as we all do, along the way. But I think, you know, as long as you're learning from those mistakes, then it's it's not a regret. And I've I've actually been really lucky and, and learned a lot from, you know, my dad and uncles who who are experts in the industry and they, they set the company up in the best possible way for Stephen and I to move it forward to the next chapter. So I'm still learning. I suspect I'll be learning until the day I retire many years down the line. But, you know, the, the industry constantly changes in different aspects and, and that's what keeps it interesting. So I don't think it would change anything. You, you, you've learned an awful lot in such a short space of time. What do you think? Well, hopefully I have. Hopefully something's paid off. <laughs> yeah, well, normally, normally, when, uh, normally when family come into the business, they come in and they start at the beginnings and, and, and that. But you've literally gone from, I'm going to buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, and I think that's actually worked for us you know for both parties because the boys wanted to make sure as I said before that the brand was protected and that the staff had job security and things here and I think had I have come in and the business be handed to me you know if I had worked from a teenager in the company I probably wouldn't have had the same drive whereas now that we've actually bought the company and it's up to Stephen and I to make it work now I think it's a different approach, I think. It's not handed to you on a plate and you've worked hard for it and we're very proud of it and I think the boys are too. And it's nice for them to still have a bit of a, a foot in the door, you know, because it's hard retiring after 37 years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're not want to let it go and it's better that somebody from the family bought it than somebody outside. Yeah, definitely. So what is your high point of being in this industry? And I'm sure you have many more to come. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. The high point for me, I think, has actually been able to open opportunities within our company. You know, we I'm, I'm going to be biased when I say this, but we have the best team and, and everybody works so hard, you know, from directors right the way through the company and quarters included. And, you know, I think now that Stephen and I have taken over, there's a lot more career prospects to move up the ladder with the boys obviously going to be retiring down the line which I don't think existed before because it was the form of Gentry Brothers, you know, and that was the top level. So I'm really, you know, keen to move people through the company and, and give people an option, you know, for a career ladder. So Michael Dunbar is a perfect example of it. He started with us as a porter and has worked his way up now to head of UK. So whenever Peter retired, he took on that role. And he's also, I know you had interviewed the, the BAR Young Movers as well, which are a great bunch of of people, I'm sure that was plenty of crack to record. Oh, that was great fun. Yeah. 
So I think I think for me the high point is being able to you know have those opportunities within the company and and being able to support the progressions and being able to see people have that opportunity and move up. Excellent, excellent. It's always good to let people climb up that ladder. And as Michael did actually say in this industry, and he actually brought it to my attention that I didn't realise you 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 can't you don't have to necessarily go up you can also go sideways absolutely yeah so you can you can be a porter one minute you can be warehouse manager the next you can then move into the office and become sales manager there's so many different routes you can take yeah and there's so many different aspects to removals you know and i don't think people fully appreciate that that aren't in the industry um you know you could be surveying one day and you're quoting the next you could be in the warehouse export wrap in the next day you know every day is so different and there's so many different roles as you say what one thing would you change in the moving industry i'm going to be a sheep on this one colin um and oh, no, no 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 we don't have sheep <laughs> no 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 i'm going to say what everybody else in your podcast has said i think regulation is a big one for our industry for you know the smaller operators and i think you know, if we had more regulation, whether it's in terms of operator's license or whatever way that may be, you know, it, it would be a, a massive positive for our industry in, in educating that we are professional and there is costs, you know, involved with being professional. I know it's a bit of a catch-22 situation, as Cunningham Hill was rightly said on your, on your podcast, that most companies start as a man in a van. So are you going to be cutting out a lot of those startups that could potentially be massive players in the industry but I do think that we need to sort of have some form of regulation whether it's on a tiered approach you know for a three and a half ton and moving up to different approaches for 18 ton and onwards. Yeah I mean the man in the van everybody everybody generally starts off as a man in a van Mm -hmm. and then become a man with two vans and then they become a man with two vans and a truck and then before you know it they've got a warehouse and yeah yeah so that's the way it goes but yeah i do think regulation is definitely required yeah and everybody has to start somewhere too don't they it's too easy to go out and hire a van go down to the local pub (laughs) pre-covid grab a friend give him 50 quid and then do a 400 pound removal for the day it's too easy it shouldn't be alone and it's the health and safety aspects of it too it's not just about companies you know taking work away from you know obviously you're whenever you're your price comes into it those guys are going to be a lot cheaper than what the likes of the bar companies are going to be but i think it's it's not just about price it is about you know making sure that the loads are secured and it's not overweight and things like that and it's it's twofold isn't it absolutely absolutely you made a very good point there you are the current secretary for the bar northern ireland area do you enjoy being involved with the bar and do you have ambitions to further your involvement Yes, I mean, I, I actually love being in the BIR. And for me, it was really important to try and, and, and put myself forward for positions like that. It, for two aspects, you know, uh, the boys have obviously got a, a good network of colleagues that they've built up over the years in the, in the industry. And I wanted to make sure that I continue with those networks and meet everybody that you hear so many good and funny stories about everybody, especially in BIR. So I wanted to make sure that I was putting myself forward to meet these people. But I also took on the the area secretary role to try and drive attendance at meetings because we historically haven't been very good at trying to encourage, you know, new companies in Northern Ireland to try and join BAR. And I think it's such a good support network and it's been seen this year with, with COVID and Brexit. BAR have put so much effort and time into 
keeping all the members updated with regards to you know changes in, in processes and we're certainly very thankful for it so i would i do like to just give something back you know and who knows what the future will bring i suppose i'll leave that up to the, the board of directors and VAR to think about down the line but yeah no I, i'm keen to stay involved and you know even the national council meetings um, I know they're all via Zoom at the minute, but it's really nice to get over to Watford and, and meet everybody face to face and meet new people as well. Do you see yourself as a future BAR president? I don't know. That's big bits to fill, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> and takes up a bit of time, I it believe. It does, yeah. It certainly does. So what advice would you give to a younger Melissa <laughs> just starting out in the industry? I think, as I said before, I don't think anybody outside of our industry appreciates quite, you know, as much, sees how much actually goes on in a week or, or a day sometimes. And I think that for myself coming in from a very corporate mindset and, and moving to this industry, I think I would just make sure that I remembered that every other company is going through the same highs and lows that we are. Yeah. And I think it, it, it is back down to the mindset thing. You know, you could be faced with 101 problems um, in a day, but remembering that, that that's our job to handle those problems, you know, and without them, we would be sitting twiddling our thumbs for half a day. So, you know, it, I think it is just about a mindset and, and making sure that, you know, it's very easy to get bogged down in a, in a negative mindset whenever there's 101 different things going on in, a, in the company. So I think it's uh, just to, to remember that and, yeah, go with it with the mindset one. And I, th- I also think with networking, obviously COVID has spanned, thrown spanner in the works this year, but I did try to get to as many events as I could. But I think definitely over the next few years, it's going to be a focus of mine and try and get to a lot of conferences and, and meet a lot more people across the industry. But Zoom must help with networking to a degree because you can easily then jump on a Zoom session with, with several people and have a chat. Whereas in the days pre-COVID, we'd all have to jump in a car, drive to the venue or fly to the venue, whatever. So you've got the added time for that. Whereas now it's just, oh yeah, 10 o'clock, I need to join that Zoom meeting for an hour and a half. That's it. Yeah. Oh, it definitely helps. But I think I sort of miss, it's the, the conversations, you know, that aren't pre-arranged, um, you know, for at conferences, if you're well, if you're Peter and Paul, you're you're at the bar at half ten in the morning, and you know, <laughs> you know, half ten—that's well, late for them, isn't it? <laughs> have you met the Majimsi boys? <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so I think it's those conversations that you sort of miss, you know, and um, just walking past people in the hotel at conferences and and the the unplanned conversations. I think is is probably what we're sort of missing this year. Yeah, when you go and get your cup of coffee during a break, it's those sort of chats, and yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years? I hope that we will have grown um, as a company. uh, And I want to also focus on technology and introducing new processes into the company. We've used telematics for a few years now. And just over a year ago, we had the CCTV installed right across the entire fleet. And to be honest, I don't know what we did without it now that it's all it's in. So I think that that plus obviously the direct vision initiatives that are going to be coming in next month are going to help us sort of push and drive technology forward and hopefully reduce the paperwork side of things as well whether that's with PDA devices or or what way that goes from the industry I think it'll still continue to grow 
and the likes of technology will expand. You know, this year's been massive for video surveying, which I wasn't bought into last year until COVID hit. But now it's it's been a lifesaver for us. And I think just, you know, obviously systems and things will be more automated, but there's always going to be that personal element with removals. And I think you can't you can't remove the fact that you've got an on-site surveyor or, you know, somebody picking up the end of the phone to explain how your move's going to work. So I think that side of things will stay the same, but hopefully less paper and more technology. Do you find with the video surveys, are they done by the surveyors or are they done by general salespeople in the office? We, um, we have a surveyor that does it. So he, he right. does a mixture of on-site and video surveying. I had hoped to actually get the office staff all trained on video surveying to be able to do because they take the move from start to finish. That would be our yeah. way of working. And, and you've got one move consultant for the entire yeah. process. But it's just time. It's getting the time to actually spend in a day and, and for them to take, you know, it does take time to get the, the volumes and everything right on the video survey. So maybe at some point down the line, we'll move to that. And I see on social media, you have a new warehouse. Care to tell us a little more about this expansion? Yes. January has been busy for us, definitely. Between it and Brexit, we don't know if we're coming or going. Um, <laughs> so this year, we've actually outgrew our current headquarters, which we were, we're very lucky to win a, a few new contracts this year. So we have expanded and we have a 35,000 square foot warehouse just around the corner from our headquarters. Wow. So we signed the warehouse on the 8th of January. And in two weeks, we had to be ready for our first delivery of stock. So we had 35,000 square foot of furniture to move out of the warehouse. And we had to build our office block, get our IT all you know, systems all installed, and then get our racking put in for the, the first 40-foot trailer to come in. So we didn't give ourselves very much time, but we took the challenge on and, and we were operational just in time. Paul's actually, Paul and Peter are, are very happy in terms of, of building offices and, and that sort of thing. So they have still a good bit of work to do down there. But yeah, we're, we're very excited to see where, where we go with these contracts and, and see what the future holds. You don't seem to shy away from challenges. No, <laughs> just go two feet in. You can either sink or swim, don't you? So what would this, what's the idea behind this warehouse then? Is it for containerized storage, self-storage, or just general storage? It's a mixture, Colin. So we, we have a couple of contracts that are going to be in long-term storage. Right. Um, and then it's also uh, more of a distribution site. So we'll hold the stock and be dis- distribute, distributing that throughout north and south of Ireland. So it, it's a mixture of both. Excellent. So what do you do outside the industry to switch off? I was thinking about this question, Colin. I do love to go home on a Friday night and have a large glass of white wine, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) But aside from that, I actually don't think you ever really switch off, you know, from the industry. And certainly the last few months, I've had wild dreams about Brexit and warehouses and (laughs) everything over the last while. So um, I don't think you ever truly switch off. But during lockdown, um, I actually started baking cakes this year. So um, it was my sister's birthday in November, and she's a, a pink gin fanatic. So I was determined to make one of these fancy cakes <laughs> with pink gin and, and have it all set. So I, I took on the challenge, and turns out I actually quite enjoy baking. So, yeah, I tend to bake a lot of cakes whenever there's no bars open or no restaurants open at the weekends. So. 
Please tell me you are one of these people like me and actually did one of these Zoom bake-offs with your friends one day. (laughs) I haven't gone that far, Colin, not yet. (laughs) I remember last year doing a bake-off to make a little cake. I can't remember what it was now. Maybe, oh, lemon drizzle cake. There we go. With my best friend and my cousin, all three of us on a Zoom call. (laughs) We all started at the same time. It was the most hilarious thing I've ever done. And who's turned out the best? Not mine. Seriously, (laughs) not mine. Mine looked more like a bloody pizza. Oh, no. So anyway, and finally, I like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell? I was trying to think of this one, Colin, actually, um, and there's so many laughs, you know, through the weeks. But because I'm not out in the road, my stories don't tend to be quite as funny as the ones that the cruise experience. But there's one story that we always laugh at whenever we're doing training sessions with the team. And it was it was years ago during the last recession. And obviously everybody was fighting for every bit of work that they could get. And Paul Majimsey went out to survey uh, one of our clients for an overseas move. And he, he actually sold the service really well. And the client said that they were going to book there and then. So Paul got himself all excited that he had won the booking and, and he was going to come back to the office and he's got this massive overseas move booked. But the client couldn't find a checkbook to pay the deposit. So <laughs> Paul was that determined. He started crawling around the the customer's house, lifting books and checking behind <laughs> clocks and trying to help the customer find his checkbook. And after after no luck of finding it, he still was so determined to get the sale that he actually offered the client to take him to the bank to get cash. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, to be honest, I don't even know if he ended up taking him to the bank because usually by this stage we're in stitches laughing during training. So. Oh, wow. I just remember him always saying, I got back into the car to drive back to the office. And I just, the moment actually hit him and he realized what he had just done. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that always gives us a laugh. I bet you never did that again. No. <laughs> dear, dear. Very good. Very good. Melissa, many, many thanks for giving up your time this morning. I truly appreciate it. Thanks to you too, Colin. It's been a pleasure. And my absolute pleasure, believe me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Colin. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 18 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Melissa Campbell of McGimpsey Brother Removals for giving up her time to record this episode. Thank you again, Melissa. If you would like to know more about McGimpsey Brother Removals and the services they offer, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving.